Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. All right, today we have Carolina V. So Carolina is really quite an epic speaker. I love her accent. She is a loud and proud Canadian from the glorious prairies of Manitoba. She was made to believe she was a mistake and not wanted in this world. After battling child abuse, sexual assault, mental illness, and self-hate, she now finds herself using her traumas, stories, and experiences to help others feel less alone in theirs and find the light in life. She is a podcaster, clarity coach, and chai tea latte enthusiast that shows where you came from does not have to dictate where you're going so her podcast by the way real quick is the way i see see just the letter c see it um it is new and awesome and you should definitely check it out welcome carolina Hey, welcome. A, as I'm taking a sip of a chai tea latte right now. Mm -hmm. And B, I love that you said that I have an accent. Because I'm just being surrounded by Canadians. They're like, oh, we sound so boring. Because I have clients in Australia. I have clients in London. I'm just like, ah, you sound so fascinating. And I sound so boring. So (laughs) thanks for saying that. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I talked to a podcaster yesterday from Australia. And I mean, it's like this stupid giddiness. You're like, the first thing I say to him, the iceberg is like, oh, I love your voice like yeah uh they honestly probably get it from foreigners all the time and I remember I was watching a video with um I'm totally blanking on his name now but he played Wolverine Hugh Jackman and I was just like, he's Australian? Like, it was just so bizarre to hear him not speaking in a movie. But anyways, well, I digress. <laughs> well, actually, and we won't have to digress on this for long, but I am a little bit obsessed with accents to the point where, like, if I go to a country, I am just a sucker. Like, in five minutes, I'm I'm, I'm emulate. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know what that's called, but you sort Thank of. Thank you for you saying s- I, when I, okay, I've been in the serving industry for years, like, in the, like, working in restaurants and stuff, and I have to consciously like put effort when I'm serving or when I was serving someone with an accent to not mimic them directly like it it was extra work to not yeah, <laughs> to a, reciprocate yeah accent. I don't know what it is I think I'm a chameleon I don't know I was in a cab with someone after a conference recently and she um she grew up in Peru and so yeah just the way we're rolling our eyes I know it was the proper way to do it but I was like I just want to be like you I, it's not even conscious it's just subconscious that you just yeah. do it um yeah, yeah actually on that same note we have a german foreign exchange student right now and i've been pondering uh whatever the story of this doesn't matter but i'm pondering like i feel like we should get an english exchange student next because mostly i just want to hear their voice all year long um like that would be really fun so anyway and there's so many different dialects but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um side note before we jump into the content today um since you're a chai tea latte enthusiast, I do like a good chai tea latte, but I used to think I hated them because I thought they tasted like liquid French toast. So my question is, are you a bok tea or a spicy chai girl or a classical chai girl? Chai. I'm so sorry. Chai, That's okay. Chai. I, I'm, ve- I'm very much a classical chai, but I, I have – because if you actually take chai in Arabic, it just means tea. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? So – 
But for, like, the stereotypical, like, here, like, we like that, like, spicy, Mm -hmm. cinnamon, clove, classic chai tea latte, which is just, like, black tea, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I also like to put some flavor in it. Like, I like it with soy milk because I like the creamy texture of it. And I like to add some vanilla flavor. Like, I'm just a little bit ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. every city I go in and I'm like, okay, I want to hunt down the best local chai tea latte. (laughs) Well, if you come to South Dakota, I can help you out with that if you go see Mount Rushmore. So you're not, I actually don't even think you're that far away. I think you're just straight north. So you're not far at all. Um, Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the ginger. So I like making, I only, I rarely do it, but sometimes I'll make like a big old batch of of bok tea chai, um, the Mm. infusion, just so you can have it iced or hot. So side notes, don't need to get into a foodie side note, but I just like talking about food. And there's a lot of people who listen to this that like food as well. So I don't feel too bad. So yeah, you have to talk to your people. (laughs) All right. So here's the scoop. You are, you do, you know, you have, you speak with a lot of authority and you drop a lot of truth bombs, but let's talk about how do you start, how do you come from suckiness, right? Like your childhood was rough, sort of, right? We, that's what your bio says, right? Things were rough. How do you make it so that does not define you? Let's talk about who you are. Just launch into it for us. Yeah, so it's it's such an interesting question and I legitimately wish that I could put it into like one simple phrase or one little course or one little nugget of magic to just like throw that at people so that they could really comprehend it. But it takes a lot of self-work and it takes a lot of self-awareness to get to that point. So I used to consider myself a monster and I'm I'm not being dramatic by using that term. I legitimately hated myself so much because I was groomed to hate myself. I was brought into this world by a mother who was battling her own demons, her own mental illness, had me at way too young of an age, and then used me as a punching bag for not achieving what she wanted to from her life. I was almost like the scapegoat for her to put all of the blame for not making her life her own. And so, you know, you always say, people always say you can take inspiration from people in two different ways. So you can look at your parents and you can either mimic them if you had really great parents or like my situation, you can look at your parents and you can say, okay, what am I going to learn from this and not do in my adult life? What am I going to take from these experiences and not do if and when I decide to have my own children? And so I was so fortunate enough for myself and this kind of goes back to the beginning of my explanation is like I wish I wish I had this secret formula that I could just give to people to really help them out and that's what I'm trying to do with my business is try to create this program to get people to that point but I believed in myself so fiercely enough for myself and for other people because I didn't have anybody else really believing in me growing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I moved out when I was 16 years old, because I had to for my own well-being, my own mental health, my own physical safety, I remember teachers looking at me and almost like shaking their head and saying, what a pity, she had so much promise. And so I looked right back at them and I said, do not past tense me. I still have so much promise. I will not be another generic statistic, a high school dropout, none of this, none of this, none of this. My life is my own and I am the dictator. I am the writer. I decide who, what, when, why. And that's how you move forward. And it's hard. It takes a lot of work, but it's so, so, so worth it. I, if I had to ask you the steps to do this, I just heard the first one. And this is the most important one, I think, maybe you have different thoughts, is I take my own responsibility for my own life, maybe. 100%, 100%. Because going back to me thinking that I was a monster and really hating myself, it's because I, I was almost doing the same thing my mother was doing to me. I was using my circumstances. I was using my experiences, my traumas, my pain, my hardship to justify the way I was treating other people. 
And then finally, I had to open my eyes, wake up, and here's where that self-awareness comes in. And self-awareness is a skill. Common sense is a skill. These are things you have to work for. You have to adapt to. Some people are very fortunate to have you know, innately these skills, but it's similar to like learning the piano. Some people are musically gifted, but they still have to fine tune that. Other people aren't as musically gifted, but that doesn't mean that they can never learn to play the piano. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So tell me how you can hone these skills. Like, let's say I'm listening to this and either I need it or I've got uh, a friend or a relative or something, something that needs to hear, like they need to hone these skills. How do you help someone start or how do you start yourself is probably the better ask. I think really documenting yourself. I'm a really big documenter. I'm a huge advocate for planning and lists and I have notebooks for everything. So really just paying attention to the way you react to things and just documenting your day. So like I have a miracle morning routine where I start the day off with some yoga. I start the day off with some meditation. I journal three things that I'm grateful for, three things that I would love to see from the day. I create a daily affirmation for myself to kind of get me through that day to repeat to myself. And then in the evening, I write three things that today that made today awesome. I thank the universe for three things. And then I write one thing that could have made that day better. And so that's what I do now. But before, like I had to really, if I was reacting to something, I had to instantly stop and ask myself, why are you reacting this way? Mm -hmm. Is it this person that is making you feel this way? Or is this something that you are personally dealing with? And here's the thing with awareness, be it cultural awareness, political awareness, self-awareness, any type of awareness. Awareness. Once you are aware of something, it is really hard to turn a blind eye. It is really hard to no longer be aware of it, to no longer see it. And the easiest or the most common, I guess, example I can give to people is, you know, when you get a new car and now you see you start seeing that car everywhere on the road and you're mm-hmm. like, wow. A lot of people have this car, but you never noticed it before. But now that you yourself have this car, you're more aware of the car's existence. Mm-hmm. And so now you're seeing it everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just, the same with, yeah. It's like learning a word. That's how I always Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it's the same thing with your emotions. Like once you start paying attention to why am I feeling this way? Why am I reacting? What happened today? What is triggering this? You know, what has happened in my past? And here's the thing a lot of people don't realize is a lot of our beliefs, a lot of the way we handle certain situations are actually created when we're children, when our brains are largely functioning in theta state. And what that means is as a child, and this is why children are able to learn things so quickly, so fast. I just watched a video of this little four-year-old Russian girl who fluently speaks seven languages. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. It's it's amazing. Behind our comprehension. Absolutely. But it's because children's brains are are functioning in this state, this theta state, which essentially means their brains are like sponges. So they just absorb everything in their environment from tones to emotions to thoughts, words, everything. They absorb it. So if it's a lot of positive, then these people tend to go on and have really positive experiences in their lives. But the children who are groomed and raised in really negative situations or hear negative aspects of money, hear negative aspects of love, constantly hear fighting and bickering. That Those are the beliefs that get programmed into their brains. And then they don't realize that when they become adults and they're like, why am I acting this way? Why am I behaving this way? What's, you know, they don't even realize that they have these blocks, these limiting beliefs, these subconscious limiting beliefs that they, that they need to work through. Mm-hmm. If you've always had something how could you know it's unusual so exactly you know this is why it's so important to have someone hopefully help you with your own awareness because mm-hmm. you cannot always be aware on your own and I'll no. use myself as an example you know when you grow up a certain way you don't know any different so when you, you maybe if you marry someone and they point out <laughs> this could go right or wrong I mean they point <laughs> out some of your some of your limitations or they point out your ex you're like this or this of your parent or xyz it's really I remember th- 
it hasn't been that long since my husband pointed out some things and I thought, okay, let me just give you like a really benign example. I didn't even realize I had short legs. Like I was, I just always had short legs. Like I just, I didn't even think about it. I have a long torso and short legs. And then I started realizing like everyone in my family has short legs. I'm like, I just never occurred to me (laughs) really benign examples, but, um, but it's just, it's, it's like that, you know? So first the most important thing is for us to turn that awareness on in our own self. But I think sometimes as people, unfortunately, our situation is dealing with a difficult person and so, or something that's bothering us. So what, how, what recommendations do you have if you need to turn that awareness on in someone that you love, or is there even an option? I mean, because really we can't change other people, right? But do you have thoughts on, um, how do you, how do you fix something when it's not just your issue? Or do you think it is just your issue? I don't think it's just your issue. I think first and foremost, you need a lot of compassion in this world and in this life, but I don't want people to listen to this and confuse compassion with allowing yourself to be walked all over. Mm -hmm. So for example, I haven't spoken to my mother in six years now because having her in my life, no matter how much I wanted to have her, was so detrimental to my well-being and to my mental health that I I couldn't fathom keeping a relationship with her in my life because it was just too painful. And I realized that the only reason why I kept fighting and wanting this relationship was because I wanted this relationship to be something that it wasn't. I wanted the mother to brush my hair back when I was having a really bad day. I wanted the mother that I could go to crying and would tell me that I was going to make it through, that I was wonderful, that I was a gift to the world. I wanted a mother that was going to lift me up, that would be there for me no matter what. But unfortunately, my situation is my mother is not that person. And I had to come to that realization. I had to come to that reality. And I unfortunately had to make the very difficult decision to cut her out of my life. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not me saying anytime you don't agree with someone, cut them out of your life because you're going <laughs> to you're going to end up very, very lonely. I can tell you that right now because I've been there. I've 100 percent done that in the past. Mm-hmm. I have been that person. But this is where compassion comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you're when you're able to be compassionate, when you're able to be sympathetic and empathetic and see where another person is coming from, it allows you to be a lot more forgiving and a lot more understanding and able to realize that everyone is going through stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know you might think your problems are the be all and end all and no one has it worse than you. But everyone feels that way mm-hmm. for, for something, mm-hmm. you know, not everything, not all the time, but everyone always thinks they are the worst at something or they have it the worst in some situation. So if we're, we just take a step back and realize that we are a collective on this earth, on this planet, in this universe, because who knows what other living creatures are, are out mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. We are a collective. And when one person's vibrations are vibrating really high and one person's vibrations are vibrating really low, it takes compassion for you to understand why is this person vibrating really low? Why are they trying to bring me down? Mm-hmm. And then that's, this is another thing that self-awareness is really key because when you're self-aware about something, and meditation really helps with this, and we can get into that after if you want, but The way that self-awareness is really key in this is when you see someone else behaving a certain way, you can think, okay, is this me causing this reaction or are they going through something that I might not know about? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Everyone you pass on the street is living their own story, has their own experiences, has their own traumas, and it's not up up to us to decide how well they have it off or how worse they have it off. Mm-hmm. So each situation is unique. You don't need to cut everyone out, everyone no. out, unless it's a toxic relationship. However, if there is something that is bothering you, start with compassion, but also don't be walked over and put your foot down if needed. Is that sort of what I hear? Absolutely. And communication. I think Mm. something that people really 
admire about me is that I'm able to be really honest with people. And when something is bothering me about someone, I'm like, hey, you did this and it bothered me. It hurt my feelings. And some people don't like that. I've had a lot of friendships end because of that reason, because people don't like having that pointed out to them. People don't like having pointed out that you caused someone else pain. You caused someone else hurt. You hurt someone else's feelings. A lot of people don't like to be met with that confrontation. But again, it's how you look at it. You can look at it as me me being confrontational, but I'm not doing it in a malicious intent. How do you build houses with a really strong foundation? How do you build friendships with a really strong foundation? Really strong friendships aren't categorized as strong because of how many wonderful memories you have together. Yes, that definitely adds to it, but strength is created and fosters in the difficult situations that you work through together. When were you teammates? When were you disagreeing with something and then you worked as a team for the collective of your friendship to better it in the future and make it stronger? This Just is, like working out. This is the answer to everything. <laughs> Communication. Yeah. Like I said, all, all the time, I think every single time like something goes crazy or wrong or whatever, I like I sort of am a little bit of a psychoanalyzer where I unravel things. Just like, I wonder where that started. Oh, it's communication. Oh, that was communication. Oh, everything is mm-hmm. communication, right? So it's like, that was this awareness. This is aha moment I had a long time ago. But if we would just improve the communication of how we are, you know, you start with yourself. This is where you can go back and start with yourself. Your own internal communication needs to be uh, on point, right? You need to have positive internal communication. That's a first stepping point, right? If your internal communication, if you've been run down is really terrible, um, you know, that's a first stepping point. And then you can hone that skill of how to communicate with others with compassion. um, So that way you can convey your point eloquently Mm -hmm. and appropriately it's just like when you work out you know like when you work out you are physically ripping your muscles to make them stronger Mm -hmm. absolutely and this is what you know it that's a a really aggressive way to put it. But when you're having these difficult conversations with people, you are ripping these conversations, you are ripping these relationships to make them stronger, to make them more comfortable. And another note I want to kind of just slide in here as well. For my mother, our very last conversation, I said, listen, I can no longer have you in my life. I love you and I forgive you for everything that you had done to me and everything that you put me through, but I can no longer have you in my life. And she, you know, scoffed at me, laughed at me and whatever, but I had done my piece in setting myself free. Mm. And so if it gets to that point where you do have to cut someone out of your life, you can still forgive someone and not have them in your life. And forgiveness has very little to do with the other person. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness has to do with you and setting yourself free and recognizing you did in your power what you needed to. And maybe you didn't get the outcome you were hoping for, but you did what you had to and you are free from it. Yeah, not everything ends like a movie. Thank you so much for saying that and telling us how you sort of closed that, like had peace with that. Because I had something similar, you know, where I had this family member who was being bizarre to me where I, I it was bothering me and it was really aggravating that it was bothering me because I felt like I was it, pretty darn good peace with some with most everything else. Like I wasn't letting things bother me. And it bothered me so much until I went and let it go and like said, mm-hmm. I'm giving this back to you. I don't know what's going on, but like I'm not going to carry this around anymore, basically, yeah. you know, in different words. Yeah. And, and I've, I've felt essentially free since then, you know, and it was, I, I'm disappointed at how long I carried it around. And most people carry these deep things around. Um, I saw I saw this on TV the other day where someone said, I used to bar- bury my emotions so deep that I think it started to affect my health. At first, it started with a stomach ache all the time. And now it aches in my bones. And I was just keeping, I was bottling things up to my bones. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good way to say it. Because you know that our emotions totally affect our overall well-being and health, physical health as well. Oh, 100%. I'm a very, you know, spiritual person and connected person. And 
I had actually, I, I'm not a sciencey person whatsoever. I give me numbers for days. Like I can deal with math and all of that, but I'm not a sciencey person. But I learned a few months ago that your stomach has the second largest amount of neurons next to your brain in your body. So your stomach essentially functions as a second brain in your body. So when you get those gut feelings, it's not just a saying, it's not just an idiom or however you want to look at it. It is a actual physical reaction. Your stomach is physically trying to tell you something. And this kind of ties in with nutrition and the saying, you are what you eat. You physically are what you eat, what you put into your stomach, what your stomach is sensing about the nutrients you're putting in your body manifests in the rest of your physical body. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend who was who got cancer when she was a teenager after her father had died from cancer and she herself has said i fi- i firmly believe that i manifested cancer in my body because she had it in her entire chest cavity because of a broken heart she refused to deal with the emotions of losing her father of being so angry that this disease had taken her father that she manifested this disease in herself because she wasn't dealing with it I've had other people with cancer tell me similar things, actually. Yep. Um, so I'm not surprised uh, at that comment or sentiment at all. In fact, with the gut-brain connection, so that's really speaking my language, we used to think that it went from the brain to the gut, but now we know that it goes from the gut to the brain. So something I see, I work with a lot of gut issues, and so something we see, unfortunately, as a side effect of that is a lot of anxiety and depression and things like that. Um, and so you're exactly right. Like, all you have if you don't deal with the emotions you are not doing someone the full service or the comprehend like you're not dealing with the full picture basically and your body is going to force you to deal with the situation it like it's it, you are going to manifest these problems mm-hmm. because at the end of the day we are spiritual beings having a human experience mm-hmm. and so when we are not listening to our spiritual selves, when we are not dealing with our mental issues, our emotional issues, then our physical bodies are like, hey, wake up. We have work to do. You essentially defined autoimmune conditions in a different way right there because <laughs> stress is always a root, root, root factor. I always see like a, a really prolific um, stressor at some point in life. So we were talking about communication overall. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to talk about internal communication because some of us can't handle silence. Um, you know, I have struggled. Actually, meditation has been elusive to the point where I've been chasing it for a while. And you talked about the Miracle Morning. Love the Miracle Morning. Started my 2018 with the Miracle morning. Um, So I I want to talk about that a little bit too, but let's just start with meditation. How does someone start with meditation? Because, you know, we have uh, preconceived notions that it's weird or we don't want to sit still or we don't want to do it or whatever. So tell us about the benefits of meditation and then tell us how do you start and how do you um, succeed with it? Uh, I li- I literally just got like tingles because this this is something I could talk about forever. And it's something that I actually take my clients through through my coaching program. And I have an entire like course dedicated to explaining meditation. So I'm going to give you a quick Cliff Notes version. And it's actually quite sciencey, cool. which here's the thing, like science and magic go hand in hand together. I don't know when these two became separate, but I digress. So meditation, first tip is just start to be mindful. A lot of people look at meditation and they're like, oh, like I can't be a monk. I can't sit there for 15 hours, yada, yada, yada. You have to start everything with a beginner's mind. And there's this old Japanese fairy tale or story or proverb, whatever you want to call it, in which this professor went to go see, you know, this Japanese master and this Japanese master is pouring him a cup of tea. And this Japanese master keeps pouring the tea and pouring the tea till eventually the tea starts overflowing the cup. And the professor is looking at this cup and looking at this cup and finally he can't, he can't handle it anymore. And he's like, sir, you're overflowing the cup. And the Japanese master says, exactly. He's like, your mind is this cup. And how can I give you any new information when it's already full of everything you already currently believe? Mm. And so what this goes to say is you need to enter everything with an empty cup, with an open mind. Mm, Such an interesting way to say it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so 
My first tip would be to just start being more mindful. This is something that everybody struggles with right now is we're, we're always thinking about the next thing, the future moment, the past moment. People really struggle with the present moment, which is why meditation makes people so uncomfortable because meditation is very much strictly focusing on the present moment right now. And so when I say start being mindful, when you're washing your hands, Think about how the water feels on your hands. Don't think about, okay, after you know I'm washing my hands, I have this meeting at three and then I need to prepare this project for Thursday and blah, 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 blah. Take a minute. You know, when you're when you're spraying perfume on your body, what does the perfume feel like on your skin? What does it smell like? So it's it's taking your senses. This is what I mean by being mindful. It's taking your senses and being aware of your surroundings. What do you hear? When you go for a walk, what are you, you know, what do you hear outside? What are you listening to? So that's kind of my first tip in meditation. And then start really small. Start with 30 seconds. You know, start in in a comfortable position. If you can't sit in a lotus position, I know some people have hip problems or knee problems or anything. Like if you can't sit cross-legged, sit in a comfortable chair with your feet planted on the on the ground and start with just 30 seconds and always make sure that you set a timer because there's nothing worse than trying to meditate and then opening your left eye and being like, how long has it been? Because you're not in the present moment, mm-hmm. right? Set a timer, put it beside you and then forget about it. It'll go off when the time has come. So start with 30 seconds, move on to 45 seconds, move on to a minute, and then eventually start going to 5, 10, and 15 minutes but everybody starts for for like two minutes and they're like oh I suck at this like I can't think like I can't stop thinking this is what I used to tell myself all the time I can't turn my brain off I can't mm-hmm. meditate it doesn't work for me mm-hmm. meditation is for everyone the thing is meditation's not about turning your brain off mm-hmm. it's just about being aware it's just embracing the present moment and so what I do when I'm meditating, I let a thought come and I let it go without any judgment. I'm not going to go, oh, I had this thought and I'm not meditating. You know, as soon as you have that thought, you've already pulled yourself out of it. You've already set yourself up to lose. So just envision this thought passing by you like a leaf on a mountain stream. It just comes and it goes and that's it. And then if another thought comes, then it comes and it goes and you just let it go. It's just about being in the present moment. It's not wallowing. It's not overthinking. It's just, oh, I had this thought and there it goes. And now I'm focusing on my breathing. In, out, oh, I should go to Superstore later. And that thought goes by, breathe in, breathe out. That's it. Now the actual benefits of it, of meditation and how it can actually help alleviate anxiety and depression is so you have these these parts in your brain the I, again I don't know the sciencey parts of them but it's called like me center and then you have like your fear center and all of this and so a lot of people they have this connection that is really strong in their brain that they relate everything that happens to them So anytime something negative happens, they relate it to them. And then that causes all of this anxiety. But when you start to meditate, you start to strengthen another part of your brain. And this part of your brain strengthens empathy, strengthens self-awareness. So when something bad happens, you have that stronger muscle in your brain to stop and think, okay, is this situation actually me or is it something else? And it allows you to actually create that empathy for other people and look at situations and recognize that it isn't about you. And this is why scientific, like scientifically, meditation has been proven to create calmer people. But it's a daily practice. It's a constant exercise. Let's say you're going to the gym. You know, if you stop going to the gym, you're going to lose your muscles. It's the same thing with meditation. It's a constant daily practice that you have to do, that you have to get into and continue with it to keep that new neurological pathway strong. Does that make sense? 
That is the best freaking explanation and star and primer on meditation I've ever heard. In fact, I feel like on, you know, however your meditation course is sold or whatever, which I need to, I'm going to have to get it. So however it's sold on the front homepage, it could say, I suck at meditation or I can't do it. Or, because I've, <laughs> I literally just heard someone say that earlier this week when we were kind of talking about a couple of us are open, more open to meditation and like, okay, it's good. And then the next person's like, mm, my head's too busy. I can't do that. I'm like, duh, we all freaking did. That's like saying you were too busy. That is like never an excuse like it's just like yep. I, I can't hone this skill yet I don't know how I need some help so that's beautiful I, I flip and love it so I'm gonna reiterate enter with an empty cup embracing the senses that's really cool start very small so that is a beautiful tip for no matter what I mean honestly you can apply these same steps to uh honestly in life in general and yep. that's probably why this is so useful because you can apply it to anywhere in life so start small right every time we start something too big we fail at it immediately and then we beat ourselves up like you were supposed to climb the mountain before you could climb the stairs like start with where you are so start small and then let a thought come and go without judgment um, and that's such a beautiful thing because we're so used to judging others and ourselves and that's what society is it's full of judgment so letting go mm-hmm. of judgment is empowerment, um, truly. So thank you so much for reviewing that. Part of something I was thinking as you were talking is like, I want to work on this for myself. And then I have a a, a very strong-willed child. Um, and I'm thinking maybe you should do an iteration for meditation for young people. Children, <laughs> it's probably yeah. exactly the same. But um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, so... You, we that was beautiful let's talk about miracle morning stuff um yeah. so miracle morning you can give us the quick savers and um we've actually done a whole podcast on the miracle morning it was one of the first episodes <laughs> like a year or two ago um but one of the things that i uh, assign to clients sometimes is do some positive affirmations but maybe mm-hmm. i don't give them enough um guidance around it you say you create a new positive affirmation every day so let's talk about affirmations where you get affirmations and that whole thing Okay. So I'm a very intuitive person. So, and I'm very connected to the universe. And every morning I pull an Oracle card to tell me, you know, what message do I need to hear from the universe today? And then I create an affirmation out of that. Hmm. However, if you, if you don't, everyone is connected to the universe. First and foremost, this does not make me special. This just makes me someone who has practiced and really opened myself up and has become very aware of my connection to the universe. We are all connected to the universe. We are all spiritual beings. We are all magical, right? Mm -hmm. And if anybody is telling you, you know, like they are a psychic and a fortune teller and they can tell you your fortune, they are full of hui. Do not trust them. Do not give them your money because everyone is connected to the universe. So that's my first kind of mert there. Mm-hmm. So in terms of savers, so I do my miracle morning in a different order than savers. So I first start with the exercise because I need to get my body moving and I need to get that energy energy going. In terms of affirmations, so I kind of explained, like I pull an oracle card, which is a message that I need to hear from the universe for that day. And then I create an affirmation and then I write it in my journal. If you are someone who is maybe not as comfortable connecting to the universe or isn't comfortable pulling an oracle card or isn't comfortable with oracle cards in general, because they for whatever reason, go against your religion or something like that. I absolutely want to respect that. So what I want you to do is write down negative thoughts you think that you have. So something like making money is hard. And then I want you on the second half of that piece of paper, after you've written these down, I want you to go through and I want you to write that uh, that negative, it's called a limiting belief. I want you to Take that negative limiting belief and transfer it into something positive. So for an example, making money is hard. The new affirmation is making money is fun. Do you see how that kind of shifts there? You bet. I was giving the intentional silence as I was taking yeah. as I was taking notes. So perfect. Yeah. And then what I want you to do is I want you to rip that piece of paper in half and I want you to burn those limiting beliefs. Everything negative that you say, and I've physically done this myself, and I can even pull out my uh, my list of new affirmations here, and I will give you some examples of what I have worked on. So, one of my one of my previous l- limiting beliefs was that I am a joke. 
I thought when I started my business, when I started the podcast, when I started doing all of this, people were going to look at me like I was a joke. What do I know about giving guidance to people's lives? I grew up in government assistance with a mother who never wanted me. It made me feel like a mistake. Like, what are people going to see in me? And I transferred, I am a joke to I am an inspiration. And the other day, uh, that was one of my daily affirmations. I said, okay, today I'm an inspiration. And on Instagram, someone I haven't spoken to in probably eight or nine years didn't even know she was following me on Instagram, to be completely honest, messaged me, responded to one of my Instagram stories. And she said, hey, I know this is really vague, but I just wanted to let you know, like, you inspire me daily. Mm. And I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. further confirmation of how I am connected to the universe. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. It yeah. happens all the time. And so, yeah, so like that would be my number one piece of advice is because so many times people, and I've actually had a few colleagues of mine ask me to create little cards of affirmations, like money affirmations, love affirmations, success affirmations. So I'm probably going to work on that over the holidays and have that up and ready to go for people in the new year. Because it is hard. Some people really struggle with creating affirmations. But what makes affirmations really powerful is when they're designed for you. Mm -hmm. And when it's something that you really need. I am literally obsessed with this exercise you just shared. I am obsessed. Like this is the best thing I've heard of since... Slice bread. Uh, exactly. I was gonna. I was <laughs> trying to think of something a little bit cooler than sliced bread, but uh, yeah, no, that is like the best thing I've heard of. I can do this. I can start this today now because I don't feel like I have to go find something. Um, and I have to tell you, yesterday, you know, I, I started my day, and so this this has a purpose, right? This story. Yesterday, my day like started without a bang, right? Like it, I woke up reacting to the world instead of owning the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what the Miracle Morning he talks about a lot. Like you don't wake up and react because then everything becomes just a chain reaction, and you don't create before you consume. Exactly, exactly. So. You know, sometimes when you have children and whatnot and things just things are reactional. And that was yesterday. And so I kind of woke up a little grouchy and I was kind of grouchy that I was working on my day off and whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I basically like I I couldn't even do my miracle morning stuff. I was in the sauna. I just turned on music from like 20 years ago and jammed out. And my point is is, um, you know, we're not perfect beings, right? And so it's easy to say like, cool, I've got this like morning routine and it's just like starting something and then you don't do it. So how do you get back on the horse when you're getting off, when you've gotten off the horse? Because I'm pretty open about not being perfect. People will ask me like, oh, what routines do you have for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, here's my ideal routine. Do I do it all the time? No. Like I need, literally need to like stop and like slap myself sometimes and say, hey, time to do the routine again because it really, really helps and makes your life awesome. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Like people, it's so easy to fall away from something we want to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was actually having because I myself have a coach because yes, even coaches need coaches. And I was talking to her yesterday. I'm pretty was yesterday Friday? Yeah, yesterday. No, today's Friday. I'm a week ahead. I'm a day ahead this week. It's so bizarre. (laughs) So I was talking to her yesterday. And I said, I am a come hell or high water type of person. If I tell someone I'm going to be somewhere, I am going to do something, come hell or high water, I am going to do it. Everyone knows that I am one of the most reliable people you will ever meet. I have to legitimately be on my deathbed in order for me to not follow through on something I commit to for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I came, I started to come to this realiza- realization that I was like, I break promises to myself all the time that I would never imagine breaking for other people. Mm -hmm. So why am I so much more willing and adamant about being there for everyone else and not myself? Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting and something, something to give everyone to think about, you know, what type of person are you? Are you a similar type of person where like you will show up for everyone come anything So why aren't you showing up for yourself? And my second point is every day, every single day is a new day. It doesn't matter that you didn't do your routine yesterday. Today is a new day for you to start. 
every single day is a new day. And the third part is, this is where self-awareness also comes in. I didn't do my miracle morning routine last Saturday. And my day suffered from it. Oh my God. By the end of the evening, I was a an emotional wreck. An emotional, emotional wreck. I picked the most ridiculous argument with my partner. And when I when I got home, I started crying because of that, because I was like, what's happening? Like, why do I feel so out of sorts? And it's because I didn't start my day with intention. I didn't start it with that routine. And so that's where self-awareness comes in. And so did I continue to beat myself up that I didn't do my miracle morning routine on Saturday? No, I used that as inspiration to motivate me the next day because the next day was a fresh start, a fresh day, a new day, a new beginning, and a new opportunity for me to recommit myself to starting the day with intention and doing my miracle morning routine. And here's the thing, every day, you have choices. And I, I say this to my partner every every day. I'm like, every day we have to choose each other. You know, it's not, people are always asking like, what's the key to success? What's the key to a happy relationship? Like, wh- how are you guys so cute? Like, yada, yada, yada. And I say, because every day is a choice. You can't take that choice for granted. You can't say, oh, I chose you yesterday. I don't feel like choosing you today, et cetera, et cetera. Every day is a choice. You have to wake up I am choosing to do my miracle morning. I am choosing to love and be compassionate with my partner. I am choosing to be open and optimistic and welcoming from the universe. Every single day is a fresh start and every single day is the opportunity for you to make new choices. I love it. You just, I mean, preach. You just you <laughs> just hit it home. So um, I wanted to mention something. You said coaches need coaches. My mom's uh, one of my mom's good friends, who's a therapist, used to say, like, never trust a therapist without a therapist. And I think that mm-hmm. is, um, I think that can be really spot on. Um, so, man, thank you so much for the work you do to change the world. It is literally one piece at a time. I love this platform. So we can. I will love to send this episode to every single person on my. Well, I will send it to everyone on my email list. But every single person in my telephone, like you go listen to this episode right now because <laughs> there is something in here you can take and use to change your own life, which will in turn change and make the world a better place. And we all um, we're all uh, we're all called to have that responsibility to, to make yeah. the world a better place. So, Carolina. You know, the one question everyone gets on the podcast is, you know, what's your gut feeling if someone listened to this and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, where do I start? Because there's so many good places to start. Like, tell someone what's the piece of advice you'd want to leave someone with today, basically. It's so cliche, but like, just start that everyone says it. And yet this message continuously needs to be repeated because people aren't doing it. So, you know, whichever and here's the thing, everything that I say, if something resonated with you, it's because you already know it. I'm not saying anything new. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just saying it in a way that resonates with you and makes that little part in your brain go, oh, this is something that I know. This resonated with me. And if that happened to any point on you today, start with that. And like I said, I'm a huge advocate for lists. So write a list down, pick one thing that you're going to accomplish this week whether it's writing your new affirmations, whether it's starting to be mindful of, you know, the water on your hands, pick one thing that you're going to do this week and scratch that off your list. And then the next week, pick something else. But you just have to take steps. And my overall arching message to everyone is where you came from does not have to dictate where you are going. I grew up in government assistance with a mother who never wanted me, who told me that I was a mistake continuously, who would throw me into the stairs and push me into the laundry machine and made me feel like I was scum of the earth. And I am here living in a miraculous, magical, positive, love-filled, gratitude-filled, chai tea latte-filled life because I dictated where my life was going, not anybody else. And you can do it too. I am not special in this sense. So where can people find you online, Carolina? So I 
love Instagram. It is like my be all and end all platform. So I am at Miss Lena V, M I S S L I N A V E E. Or you can come to my website, www.11-11illuminations.com. And you can see on my website there, I am offering everyone a free one-on-one 45-minute discovery call. So if you loved anything that I said on this podcast episode here and you want a little bit more clarity and targeted for your personal life, hop on a discovery call with me, 45 minutes, completely free, and uh, we'll see if we can get you some more clarity in your life. Yeah. And so we'll put that in the show notes. It's 11-11 illuminations.com forward slash discovery. Can Mm -hmm. you just decode what 11-11 is for us? Absolutely. So like I said, I'm a very spiritual being. And when I was going through one of the hardest parts of my life where I legitimately considered myself a monster and capable of being loved, I started to think, okay, something needs to give here. And as soon as I started to kind of get back to who I was, as soon as I started to really embrace who I was and not who somebody else told me I was, I started to see 1111 everywhere. Mm. And to to say the short story of it, 1111, so when you see a set of repetitive numbers, it means that God's messenger angels or the universe or energy or whatever it is that you believe in is trying to send you a message. And 1111 means on the right path. So I got it tattooed on my left inner bicep to always remind me to stay true to who I was, to dictate who I am, and to not let anybody else's influences or stories or opinions change how and who I am and how I react to things. And so I named my business 1111 Illuminations because I want to do that for other people. I want to show other people their right path, not my right path, their right path, because everyone has their own path that sits right for them. And this is, you know, I want to help spiritual millennial women break free from these societal expectations of what we're supposed to do. You write your own story. You are your own author. And so 1111 Illuminations, I want to help you find your right path and illuminate it. I want to help you light it up because as soon as you light up your path, you're going to help light up the world. And as soon as one candle is lit, then another candle is lit and another candle is lit. And the next thing you know, everybody is lit up. And this is what I want so desperately for the world is for everyone to feel alive and to feel lit up. Let me just, I wish I could throw you like a giant fist pump and like I want to, <laughs> I, I, I have no problem with cussing, but I want to make this child friendly so everyone can listen to it. So I'd love to just, you know, I want to emphatically um, say thank you so much. Like that was awesome. That was very baller. So everything you said was excellent. Um, I can't wait to hear this again and to take from it. And I can't wait to apply some of these exercises. It's absolutely an honor to have you. And we hope we have you back for an encore again. I would love that. Thank you so much, Krista. I really, really appreciate it. Positive outcomes only, everyone. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 